The Times of Israel reported earlier today, Israeli judoka Sagi Muki was named world champion Wednesday, taking the gold medal at the World Judo Championship Finals in Tokyo, Japan, and becoming the first male Israeli athlete to receive the top prize. Congratulations to Sagi Muki and to the nation of Israel on this extraordinary achievement. I got to say, when I first saw this, what came to mind was a passage of scripture in Genesis chapter 32. You can probably guess what it is, but specifically in verses 24 through 28, we read the story of how Jacob wrestled with a man through the night. By the end of this encounter, he received a name change and a blessing from the Lord. Now, I know that judo and wrestling are technically two different sports as far as they're recognized today, but still, there's a similarity there. I'm going to go ahead and read this passage of Scripture, actually both in the King James Version of the Bible and in the complete Jewish Bible. Let's go ahead and take a look at it in the King James. And Jacob was left alone, and there wrestled a man with him until the breaking of the day. And when he saw that he prevailed not against him, he touched the hollow of his thigh, and the hollow of Jacob's thigh was out of joint as he wrestled with him. And he said, Let me go, for the day breaketh. And he said, I will not let thee go, except thou bless me. And he said unto him, What is thy name? And he said, Jacob. And he said, Thy name shall be called no more Jacob, but Israel. For as a prince thou hast power with God and with men, and hast prevailed. Well, we just read it in the King James. Let's read it in the complete Jewish Bible. And Yaakov was left alone. Then some man wrestled with him until daybreak. When he saw that he did not defeat Yaakov, he struck Yaakov's hip socket so that his hip was dislocated while wrestling with him. The man said, Let me go, because it's daybreak. But Yaakov replied, I won't let you go unless you bless me. The man asked, What is your name? And he answered, Yaakov. Then the man said, From now on, you will no longer be called Yaakov, but Israel because you have shown your strength to both God and men and have prevailed. An important observation from that passage of scripture that we just read would be that the timing of this victory, that is Israel winning the gold in an international judo competition, reminds us, at least symbolically, that Israel is recognized in the Bible for having prevailed. Even today, as we consider how current events are resembling themes in the scriptures and more specifically themes in Bible prophecy, Israel has prevailed. Regarding things yet future and perhaps near future, the principle remains. Israel has prevailed. Why? Because the words were not merely an observation after an all-night wrestling match. The words were also prophetic. Israel has prevailed. I have a related reading that I'd like to point you to, and that is one which is titled, What is the Meaning of Jacob Wrestling with God? There's a link in the description of this podcast, gotquestions.org, 
And for additional information with respect to what current events are revealing regarding themes in Bible prophecy, visit the Wise Shall Understand Current Events, Bible Prophecy, and the Gospel. This is Damian Jordan for the Wise Shall Understand podcast on Anchor FM. Current Events, Bible Prophecy, and the Gospel. This is Damian Jordan for the Why Shall Understand podcast on Anchor FM. You're listening to the Why Shall Understand podcast, and we'll be right back after this. Have you noticed how Israel is becoming more and more prominent in the headline news? The Lord is involved with this. We're living in prophetic times, and these are the last days of the present age. The Lord Jesus Christ is returning. He has a Hebrew name, Yeshua, and he is going to rule from Jerusalem. Are you ready for the return of the King? Welcome back. You're listening to The Wise Shall Understand. Dear friend, I want to draw your attention to the most important page on The Wise Shall Understand tap on the menu, it'll toggle, and you can see the gospel. The gospel means the good news, and it is an accounting of the life of Jesus of Nazareth, his Hebrew name being Yeshua, which means the Lord saves. It's summed up in a single verse. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whosoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. There's a video that I want you to take a look at on this page. It's called The ABCs of Salvation. Tap and watch that video, please. There's another video which if you tap on this, it'll take you to a website where you'll have an opportunity to watch a three-hour dramatization of the Gospel of John. I encourage you to watch it with your family. It is so well done. It's true, verse for verse, to that which is written in the Gospel of John. You know, the name of Jesus, you know, his Hebrew name is Yeshua, which once again means the Lord saves. Now, that in and of itself, I mean, it makes you think, wow, you shall call him Yeshua, for he shall save his people from their sins. So awesome. What we have right here, friends, are some verses in the Bible referred to as the four spiritual laws or the Roman road, at least the way that they're organized right here. And what I want you to do is read through these verses. Understand, first of all, that God loves you. We already read John 3.16, but I encourage you to read these verses. Read them with your family. You see number two right here. Man is sinful and separated from God. Romans 3.23, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Law number three, Jesus Christ is God's only provision for man's sin. Law number four, we must individually receive Jesus as Savior and Lord. After you read the verses on this page, my friend, what I want to draw your attention to is a prayer of salvation. Now, this is an example, okay? This is an example. But I believe that if you pray this prayer sincerely, God will hear your prayer and you will be saved. The Bible says in Romans chapter 10 verse 13, for whosoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. 
That's what this prayer is all about. You know, just before I go, I want to encourage you once again to click on and visit any one of these links for resources available to you through The Why Shall Understand. And it's been a joy to share with you the Word of God as we consider current events, Bible prophecy, and the Gospel. God bless. Current Events, Bible Prophecy, and the Gospel. This is Damian Jordan for the Why Shall Understand podcast on Anchor FM. In the Gospel of Luke, chapter 13, we have a passage of Scripture which can be summarized with three words, repent or perish. We have in Luke, chapter 13, the following account, and it really is a telling not only of one current event, but Jesus even follows up the example that's brought up initially with another current event. Now, on the why shall understand, we talk about current events and how they're resembling themes in Bible prophecy, and we bring it all to the gospel. Let's go ahead and read together in Luke chapter 13, the first five verses. That's all we're going to read right now. There were present at that season some who told him, that is, they told Jesus, or Yeshua, about the Galileans whose blood Pilate had mingled with their sacrifices. And Jesus answered and said to them, Do you suppose that these Galileans were worse sinners than other Galileans because they suffered such things? I tell you, no. But unless you repent you will all likewise perish. Jesus goes on to say, or those 18, he gives them another example of a current event. Do you think that they were worse sinners than all other men who dwelt in Jerusalem? I tell you, no. But unless you repent, you will all likewise perish. Jesus is saying the same thing twice. He's emphasizing that same point, repent or perish. But unless you repent, you will likewise perish. Now, what we're going to do at this point is go on over to a website that you can look up for yourself, dictionary.com. And you will find that on this website, we have some definitions for the word repent. And I believe that these definitions are spot on. Let's go ahead and take a look at the first usage. We've got two definitions. To feel sorry, self-reproachful, or contrite for past conduct, regret, or be conscious-stricken about a past action, attitude, and so on. And the word is often followed by the word of. So to repent of something. And we have an example right here. He repented after his thoughtless act. And I think we can all relate to that, right? There's something where you do something and you realize that, oh, I I shouldn't have done that. I shouldn't have done that. And the example that we have right here after that first definition, he repented after his thoughtless act. Okay, now the second definition, to feel such sorrow for sin or fault as to be disposed to change one's life for the better, to be penitent. That's an awesome definition. We have a third definition, to remember or regard with self-reproach or contrition, brokenness. And we have an example, to repent one's injustice to another. The fourth definition, to feel sorry for 
or to regret and the example to repent an imprudent act now that understanding taking those four definitions of the word repent I believe that dictionary.com does a very thorough job of conveying exactly what it means to repent at least from the standpoint of the definition of the word but referring back now to Luke chapter 13 where we see what the Lord Jesus is saying when these current event examples are being brought up to him and then he even presents one as well he uses it as an opportunity to really drive home the point that yes while we might recognize different things that are happening current events and so forth he says but unless you repent you will all likewise perish with respect to even looking at some of the things that are happening in the world today Jesus said to watch and pray we're supposed to notice some things but just understand that the most important thing is to repent it begins with repentance and of course even after receiving the Lord Jesus Christ I mean that's where the Holy Spirit gets to work in our lives and points out certain things and convicts of sin and as he points things out to us that are not Christ-like but now having said that when it comes to the presentation of the good news the gospel of Jesus Christ it can be as simple as when the Apostle Paul told the jailer believe on the Lord Jesus and you shall be saved you and your household praise the Lord All right, so in this next segment, we're going to talk about water baptism. Go to Acts chapter 8, verses 26 through 40, in which we will find an extraordinary account of a baptism and what it actually reveals with respect to the qualification for baptism. Now an angel of the Lord spoke to Philip, saying, Arise and go toward the south along the road which goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. This is desert. So he arose and went. And behold, a man of Ethiopia, a eunuch of great authority under Candace, the queen of the Ethiopians, who had charge of all her treasury, and had come to Jerusalem to worship, was returning. And sitting in his chariot, he was reading Isaiah the prophet. Then the spirit said to Philip, Go near and overtake this chariot. So Philip ran to him and heard him reading the prophet Isaiah and said, Do you understand what you are reading? And he said, How can I, unless someone guides me? And he asked Philip to come up and sit with him. The place in the scripture which he read, was this he was led as a sheep to the slaughter and as a lamb before its shearer is silent so he opened not his mouth in his humiliation his justice was taken away and who will declare his generation for his life is taken from the earth so the eunuch answered philip and said i ask you of whom does the prophet say this of himself or of some other man then Philip opened his mouth and beginning at this scripture preached Jesus to him now as they went down the road they came to some water and the eunuch said see here is water what hinders me from being baptized 
Then Philip said, If you believe with all your heart, you may. And he answered and said, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. So he commanded the chariot to stand still, and both Philip and the eunuch went down into the water, and he baptized him. Now, when they came up out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord caught Philip away, so that the eunuch saw him no more, and he went on his way rejoicing. But Philip was found at Azotus, in the Hebrew, that would be Ashdod. And passing through, he preached in all the cities till he came to Caesarea. So we see from this passage of Scripture that the one qualification for being water baptized, the one qualification prior to being water baptized, is voiced by Philip when he says, If you believe with all your heart, you may. The Ethiopian eunuch responded with what was obviously the correct answer when he said, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. So it is upon receiving the gospel, believing in the good news of salvation by grace through faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, that that happens in your heart. Romans chapter 10 verses 9 and 10 says that if you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. And it goes on to say, for it is in your heart that you believe and are justified, and it is with your mouth that you confess and are saved. So, believing in your heart is the qualification. When the Ethiopian eunuch asked the question, see, here is water, what hinders me? In other words, what, what is the qualification? What hinders me from being baptized? Philip responded with that qualification. If you believe with all your heart, you may. The Ethiopian responded, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. Another very important observation that we can make in this passage within the Bible is that it was in the book of Isaiah, specifically Isaiah chapter 53, where the Ethiopian eunuch was reading. Once a person recognizes that Isaiah chapter 53 is talking about the Lord Jesus Christ, then all of a sudden, just look at the response of the Ethiopian eunuch. As they went down the road, they came to some water, and the eunuch said, See, here is water. What hinders me from being baptized? Then Philip said, If you believe with all your heart, you may. And he answered and said, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. So he commanded the chariot to stand still, and both Philip and the eunuch went down into the water, and he baptized him. This concludes today's podcast. For more information, please visit thewhyshallunderstand.com. 